Psalm 81. Psalm 81 is a hymn of celebration. It's a hymn of celebration. What are they celebrating? They're celebrating the nation of Israel leaving Egypt. What a celebration. What a celebration. A celebration that lasted for a little while and then, and then uh, before too long, uh, complaining. And we'll, we'll get into that later. But we see within this particular passage of Scripture, this chapter, that God blesses the nation of Israel in spite of their wanderings. Notice verse 1. Sing aloud unto God our strength. Make a joyful noise unto the God of Jacob. There is a call to sing unto the Lord. And you may not be able to sing what you think is, uh, uh, you know, like carrying a tune in a bucket. You can't carry a tune in a bucket. If you've ever heard that one before, that's okay. You can just uh, sing and make a joyful noise unto the Lord. But that's what it's talking about here. Make a joyful noise unto the God of Jacob. Notice some instruments are listed there. The trumpet and uh, verse number, uh, let's see, blow up the trumpet. Uh, verse number uh, two, uh, the timbrel, uh, the harp, the psaltery. Uh, we have the timbrel or the tambourine. We have the harp, the trumpet, the psaltery. It was a flat box with numerous strings. Maybe the beginning of the guitar uh, was right there in Psalm 81. And uh, there was much to praise the Lord for. The nation of Israel had much to praise the Lord for. And, you know, I stand before you tonight, June 29th. We have much to praise the Lord for. We have the exact uh, same, we're in the exact same place in our time as maybe they are. We have so much to be thankful for. And the Bible tells us to give thanks in everything. And we need to be, be aware of that. So much to praise the Lord for. Notice in verse number six, what did they have to praise the Lord for? He says, I removed his shoulder from the burden, from the burden. What is this referring to? I believe this is referring to all of those years of making bricks. All of those years, the burden of carrying the load of making the bricks for Egypt. And what a burden it must have been. And their hands being delivered from the pots. Notice his hands were delivered from the pots in verse number six. And this would be a carrying the clay with a hamper and uh, uh, bringing that clay in and doing all the work, not for themselves, but for the bondage that they were in there in Egypt. And they were told to do that. And they would ask God, God, we need to, we need to deliver. And God would deliver them. Look at verse number seven. Thou callest in trouble. Have you ever been in trouble? I'm not talking about with your mom uh, or with your dad, but I guess that could, that could count. Thou callest them in trouble. They were in trouble and they asked the Lord for help. Notice, and I delivered thee. I delivered thee. I answered thee. God, I need your help. The nation of Israel, God, we need your help. They answered. He answered them. I proved thee at the waters of Meribah, Selah. The people would call and God would answer. He delivered. Verse number eight, God gives them the command to continue these blessings. Hear, O my people, this is where we began reading. And I will testify unto you, O Israel, if thou wilt hearken unto me. So uh, I'm going to continue to be a blessing to you if you will hearken unto me, if you will listen to what I have to say to you. Verse number nine, there shall no strange God be in thee. Neither shalt thou worship any strange God. So it's got to be me. I've got to be in control. I've got to be the one in your life. I've got to be the one that's number one. There is no one A or one B. 
It's me. It's me. I've got to be in charge. But verse number 11 gives us a sad statement. But my people would not hearken to my voice. They did not obey. And before we pick on them, we need to examine our own lives, right? They would not obey. And this is just some introduction. So let's skip down, if you will, and let's look at verse 14. I should soon have subdued their enemies and turned my hand against their adversaries. The haters of the Lord should have submitted themselves unto him, but their time should have endured forever. He should have fed them also with the finest of wheat, with honey out of the rock, should I have satisfied thee. Honey out of a rock. Palestine abounded with bees. Palestine abounded with bees. Honey would have been a favorite article of food. We see it listed for us in several uh, scripture verses. Genesis 43, 11, Deuteronomy 8, 8, Deuteronomy 32, 13, and I could give you more. This would be wild honey for the most part. They didn't have the type of ways of we, we maybe have manufactured today of it. This would have been wild honey, and it would have been stuff that was deposited, of course, by the bees in a hollow of a tree uh, or even in the caverns of the rocks. It was, ra- it was gathered from rocky regions. It was gathered from the hollow of trees, and it was regarded this honey as the most delicate and valuable. Honey out of the rock. Not always easy to harvest, not always easy to find. But when you found it and when you harvest it, it was obviously sweet to the taste. Honey, probably the sweetest taste. Maybe there would be something else that you would think of as well. And a rock. A rock. A rock is one of the hardest things in nature. A hard substance and a sweet substance. We could say, uh, uh, you know, the most, you know, unusual place. You know, we wouldn't say, hey, let's go and find a rock. And when we find a rock, we're going to find some honey. That's what God said, though. Life has many rocky places. Life has many hard places. But God said, He should have. Now, in other words, the nation of Israel did not listen to what God said. They, as it says in verse number number 11, but my people did not hearken unto me. In other words, God was saying, I had everything for them. I had everything prepared, prepared for them. I even had rocks prepared for them. And I was going to bring honey out of a rock. But, they missed it. Because they didn't hearken unto me. You know as well as I know that we will run up against rocks in life. Difficulties, challenges. But God can give us a sweetness out of the rock. Honey from the rocks of life come when we hearken unto the Lord. When we hearken unto the Lord. What does it mean to hearken? Okay, thank you for asking. It means to hear intelligently. Don't miss that second, don't miss that third word. There's a difference between listening and hearing, right? Did you hear me? 
well, yeah, but what did I say? Blah, 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 blah. You can repeat it back, but, you know, it didn't even mean anything, you know. That's the husband of the wife, by the way. Right? <laughs> to listen intelligently. Like, I'm, I, I want to know what's going on. You open up the Word of God and we read it. Are we reading it intelligently? That doesn't mean to say that we're, uh, we're not smart. It means, are we hearkening unto it? Are we actually uh, sitting in a church service? Are we actually reading our Bible? Are we actually, um, whatever we're doing, and it's around the Word of God, is there, is there some intelligent listening going on? Or is it just in one ear and out the other? So that's what it means to hearken. It means to hear intelligently, but it goes a little bit further, with the implication of, of attention and obedience. So to hearken unto the voice of the Lord is I really want to know what God has for me. And I don't want to just know it for information. I want to know it because I'm going to apply it to my life. God says they did not hearken unto me. And so that doesn't mean that the rocky times were going to be eliminated. Whether we hearken or don't hearken, rocks are coming. The question is, do we want honey out of the rock or do we just want a rock? I don't remember who it was. I don't condone necessarily Halloween, but I remember one of the peanut shows. I'm sorry to tell you that I watched it. And it said something about one of the guys on peanuts and he opened up his bag and he said, all I got was a bunch of rocks. You know, God's got a bunch of rocks for you and me. But it isn't just a bang against our head. There's honey. David said there's honey or Asap said there's honey. I would have given them honey out of the rock. Should I have satisfied thee? God has all of these promises. He had all of these promises for the nation of Israel. If they would hearken. They did not. And so what happened? Verse 12, God gave them up to their own lust. He gave them up to their own desires. Why does God remove? Why doesn't God remove the rocks? I remember reading in the Bible, as you do, I'm sure, that Joseph spent 13 years and had nothing but rocks. I'm talking about Joseph in the Old Testament. Can you imagine being hated by your brothers? Can you imagine being sold into slavery? Can you imagine being put into prison unjustly? Can you imagine one rocky experience after another? But do you remember reading in your Bible and it said the Lord was with Joseph? You see, even though Joseph experienced a, a, a rocky time over and over, 13 years. And yet Jacob, Jacob's family would move to Egypt one day. Because of Joseph's testimony, the famine would, they would survive the famine and the whole history and story is there. But it came out of a rock. Honey came out of a rock. David had many rocks on his path. He was hunted like a criminal by King Saul. He left the palace to live in caves. Yet today we open up the book of Psalm and we read here, uh, not not necessarily Psalm 81, but we read many of these Psalms that are in our Bible today because David wrote them in in a time of rocks, if you will. Challenging time, difficulty time. But honey came from the rock or a rock. Job knows what it's like to walk a path filled with rocks. Job 42, if you have your Bible, let's go to Job 42. We'll read it in just a minute. 
We won't start at the beginning of Job's life because I think most of us know just in a matter of moments, Job's life went from what it, what it was to just, you know, he was handed one rock after another. Difficulties. But God said, had they hearkened unto me, I was going to give them honey out of a rock. Let's not miss the rocks and why they're there. He lost everything. Job lost everything. Including, including the confidence of his wife. That, that's, pretty, that's pretty rough. Why don't you just curse God and die? Oh, man, you talk about a rock. Boom. Look at Job 42, verse 12. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job. Job 42, 13, 12. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. Honey. You put in the margin of your Bible, honey. You could go to the beginning of the book of Job and write rocks. But you could go to the end of the book of Job and write honey. Because the promise of God is not just for the nation of Israel. It's for us. God says rocks are necessary. Because I can bring you honey out of that rock. For he had 14,000 sheep and 6,000 camels and 1,000 yoke of oxen and 1,000 she asses. He had also seven sons and three daughters. Wow. Daniel, how about Daniel? Daniel walked over many rocks in his life journey. Taken from his home in Jerusalem as a teenager by the Babylonian army. You talk about a rock. We might think, and I might try to remember and think like a teenager. I'm not a teenager anymore, but I might try to think like one and think, man, I can handle that. Yeah, let's go. Mm, I don't know. I think it was a little, a little more than that. Brand new culture, brand new language, brand new customs and everything. One thing after another. Lied about. Did what he was supposed to do, thrown in a lion's den for praying to the God of heaven. You talk about a rock. Can you imagine the honey that came? Morning King Darius would come down to the den. Can you imagine the honey that was represented when Darius came down? Oh, Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lion's and Daniel said, O king, live forever, honey. Should have been lights out. Should have been lights out. He should have been crunched by the jaws of the lions, but God brought honey out of a rock. How about Ruth? Ruth sets an example for us tonight regarding rocks in her life, becoming a widow at a very young age. I think of even, I wasn't planning on saying this, but I think of our own sister Carmen. Many of you may not know this, but she became a widow at a very young age. I won't go into the details of it, but all of her children were born and she was left to, to rear all of her children and she faithfully reared all of her children and to God be the glory, one of them is in heaven today. Passed away of cancer a few years ago, Ingrid. You know, that was when that happened and just recently Carmen called me one day and gave me a lot more information about it, which is obviously just between her and I and the Lord. And, and, uh, and, and when, I, when I hung up the phone, I don't hang up the phone. 
hung up the phone. <laughs> we don't hang up phones, do we? Uh, when I hung up the phone, I thought, wow. I didn't think about Rocky like for this message, but I thought, wow, I can't imagine what that must have been like and how, how young she was with four young kids. I would say that was a, a, a rocky time for her. You know? And yet her daughter's in heaven. I mean, that was a rocky time. But her son was sitting out here with her just a couple weeks ago. Carlos. Her daughter-in-law. And now, now, at, 90 some, now at 91 years of age, honey, going to be in heaven. Who knows when? I don't know how long she'll live. Probably a long time, but who knows, right? But I guarantee you, she would say, when my husband died, that was a rock. That was a rock. Ruth, a widow in her early age, left her homeland to go with Naomi. Honey came from the rock when Boaz became the kinsman redeemer for Ruth and Naomi. Boaz and Ruth were married and had a son named Obed. Obed would have a son named Jesse, and Jesse would have a son named David. Eventually, Jesus Christ would be born from a rocky time, a difficult time. Take away the rocks, and you know what you're going to take away sometime? You're going to take away the honey. But I don't like the rocks. I don't either. But I like honey. I like honey. I like the honeycomb. I remember eating the honeycomb a lot, not swallowing it, but chewing on it anyway. <laughs> Don't swallow it, okay? You know. And uh, it's sweet. It tastes great. But you know what I've never done? I've never gone out to the parking lot here and found some rocks and put them in my mouth and just started chewing on them and thought, man, this is great. You know, I, I can't tell you that, that, that when rocks come into our life, we just say, man, these are great. This is what I've always wanted. But God says, I can bring honey from that. It's not just a verse. I don't, for me, it's not just a verse. You know, I came across it again recently and I thought, you know what? That's still true today. If we'll hearken unto the voice of the Lord, our God. And rocks come and we stay true to the things of the Lord. He can bring honey out of a rock. What can we learn? What can we learn about this? Let me give you these. Number one. What do we learn? Number one. Honey comes out of the rock. What can we learn? Number one, submission to God's will. Submission to God's will. Notice verse eight of our text. If thou wilt hearken, excuse me, oh Israel, if thou wilt hearken unto me. We read that earlier. Whenever the Israelites came to the rocks, do you know what they wanted to do? Let's go back to Egypt. It was far better there. I, I've been working on a message from Exodus 14. I don't know when I'm going to preach it, but uh, it's kind of maybe being birthed out of this. I don't know. But, you know, Exodus 14, you know, they get to the they get to the Red Sea and and they've got the Red Sea in front of them and they've got rocks on both sides of them. They got mountains on both sides of them. And who's coming behind them? Pharaoh. Once we come to a place of submission. Once we come to a place of submission, rocks are not harmful anymore. Rocks are helpful. It's your choice. It's my choice, isn't it? It's really my choice. Am I willing to submit to the rocks, to the Lord, to the will of God and say, okay, I will be done. Or 
Am I going to say, let's go back to Egypt. I don't like these rocks. Scripture tells us we must first give of ourselves willingly and cheerfully, for God loveth a cheerful giver. How about this? James 4, 7. James 4, 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Submit ourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Submission to the will of God. What is it right now in my life or your life or the life of Anchor Baptist Church? You know, God said here, I wanted, I wanted to feed them with the best wheat. I wanted to bring honey. I wanted to bring something sweet from something not sweet. I wanted to bring something uh, tasty from something hard. But he said, I couldn't. I didn't. Because they did not hearken unto my voice, verse 11. So number one, submission to the will of God. Number two, number two, satisfaction in the will of God. Don't miss that. Submission to the will of God. So that's saying I surrender, I submit. But then, it go, take it up a level, take it up one more notch, and it becomes satisfaction. I'm not just submitting, I'm satisfied in the will of God. In other words, manna was never enough. Right? Man, I've been eating this manna. I want some meat. I'm not a vegetarian, I want some meat. If you're a vegetarian, that's fine. I'm just, that, that was an Israelite, not me that said that. I want some meat. It wasn't enough. Why? Because they weren't satisfied in the will of God. Hebrews 13, 5. Hebrews 13, 5. Let's go over there. Please. I don't know about you, but I want to get to a place in my Christian life where I can even be thankful for rocks. How about it? You want to get there? I want to get there. I'm not saying I'm there. I'm not saying I'm always there. I, I think I'm there sometimes, but I don't want to be a sometime. I want to be thankful for rocks all the time. Because God can bring honey out of them if I respond properly. I've got to be submissive to the will of God, but I've got to be satisfied in the will of God. Hebrews 13, 5 says, Let your conversation be without covetousness. Be content with such things as ye have. Be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Turn over to 1 Timothy. Or back to 1 Timothy chapter 6. Honey out of the rock. 1 Timothy 6, 6. But godliness, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Satisfaction in the will of God. Submission to the will of God. Satisfaction in the will of God. The center of God's will is a satisfying place to be. The center of the will of God may include rocks, but God is there too. The center of the will of God may include rocks, but God said, if you'll hearken to me in the will, in my will, I'll bring honey out of that rock. Nothing good can come out of a rock. I mean, they're good for foundation and stuff, but who's going to chew on a rock unless it's rock candy, maybe? God says, no, I'll take that 
the most unbelievable thing you can think of, and I can turn it into something sweet. Only God could do that. A mature Christian doesn't look, doesn't deliberately look for difficulties, but the mature Christian doesn't run away from them. Rather, he accepts them in the will of God and asks the Lord, hey, Lord, I'm following your will. Please, in your time, show me the honey out of the rock. Is God with us? Of course he's with us. He said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. How about Psalm 23? Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Is God with us? Yes, he is. Is God with you when it's a rocky time? Yes, is God with you when it's a honey, nice and sweet and wonderful? Yes, God's with us. Psalm 1611 says, in thy presence is fullness of joy. There's no greater place that we can be than in the will of God. And to say to tonight, to be willing to say tonight, oh, I see rocks in this part of the, I see rock, rocks all around me. But remember, God says, but I've got honey ready to come out of those rocks. Just wait. Wait. Submit to my will. Be satisfied in my will. How could Peter sleep so comfortably the night before his execution? How could he do that? Because he was submitted and he was satisfied in the will of God. Now, Bars opened up and out went Peter, but he was asleep. He was sleeping. The angel had to wake him up. Acts chapter 12 and say, hey, wake up, Peter. You can leave. Who, what, what? And he really didn't know it was, he thought it was just, you know, uh, too much, uh, you know, too much anchovies on the pizza. I don't know. He got out there and he shook himself and realized, hey, I'm, I'm out of jail. But how could Peter sleep when he was going to die the next day? He must have had quite the relationship and been satisfied in the will of God, even though he thought or it seemed that this was the worst time. And yet in the worst of the worst, God said, I can bring honey out of that. If you rest in me, you hearken to my voice. So we submit to the will of God. We're satisfied in the will of God. And number three, and lastly, We have salvation from doing the will of God. Salvation from doing the will of God. Okay? The, the, first and foremost, the, the, the um, foundation of this is we have salvation tonight because Jesus did the will of God. What was the will of God for Jesus Christ? It wasn't honey. It wasn't honey. It was death, wasn't it? Jesus came to die. He was born to die. It involved a rocky hill, if you will. It involved two pieces of wood. It didn't involve honey. It didn't involve sweetness at all. He said, if it be possible, Father, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, Not my will, but thine will. I'm willing to handle, Jesus said, I'm willing to take the rocky time, 
if you will, quote unquote, so that everyone else, think of it, we're going to heaven. We have the hope of heaven tonight because Jesus Christ endured the cross. Again, I repeat, there was nothing sweet about it. Especially when your own father turns his back on you. And uh, because all of my sin or your sin is placed on the Lord. That was the ultimate rocky experience, if you will. And yet the promise applied to him too. That I can bring forth honey, God says, from the rock. Each of us tonight... If we're saved and on our way to heaven, we have had the opportunity to taste the honey of forgiveness. There's nothing sweeter than tasting the honey of forgiveness. The honey of God's mercy. How could we taste that? Because Jesus is the rock of our salvation. His banner over us is love. Those who go to heaven will go to heaven because... Jesus said, thy will be done. So the salvation, the salvation from doing the will of God, first and foremost, is in our own salvation. And that is that someday we have the opportunity to go to heaven. I wonder, are you ready to die? Are you ready to die? Do you know Jesus Christ is your personal savior? You say, I'm not planning on dying anytime soon. Well, I'm not either. But I have no way of knowing when that day's coming, whether you're 49 or, or 20 or a teenager. You can be f- for sure that heaven is your eternal home because Jesus said, I want to do the will of my father, even if it means the most difficult thing ever. And that is the death of the cross. And God said, I'll bring forth something sweet out of this rock. I'll bring forth forgiveness. I'll bring forth Eternal life through the death of my son, Jesus Christ. Those who spend eternity in hell will hear the father say, thy will be done. What did he say in our text? Don't miss it. Turn back to Psalm 81. Psalm 81, 12. What did God say? So I gave them up under their own hearts lusts. Jesus said, thy will be done, and we can go to heaven because he said that. Those that go to hell for all eternity. By the way, hell's a real place. As real as heaven is real, hell is real. You will not go to hell without crawling over the love of God. Think of that. Everyone in hell crawled over the love of God. Crawled right over it. Everyone in heaven is there because Jesus said, thy will be done. And they responded to the gospel and they put their faith and trust not in a church, not in a a, a baptismal, not in themselves, but in the finished work of Calvary. Because Jesus said, thy will be done. But God says here, I gave them up to their own lust. And so those people that are in hell, literally, uh, I, I'm not saying that God, this is in our Bible. I'm just using it as an illustration. They had their will done. And their will was rejection of God. And they'll spend eternity in hell for all, for all spend uh, in hell for all eternity. 
And they had their will done. Just like the Bible says here, he gave them up to their own lust and they walked in their own counsels. So salvation from doing the will of God. How about after we're saved though? Praise God, we are able to experience the forgiveness and have salvation due to Jesus Christ's willingness to take on the rock of the crucifixion, to take on that difficult time. We can experience for all eternity, if you will, honey, because he took on the difficulty of the crucifixion. What about our salvation? What about our time now? What about now? We have rocks that come into our life. I submit to you today that others around us can experience blessings from from us as we patiently endure the rocks. Take away the rocks. Take away the honey. Keep the rocks. God says, I can bring honey out of that. If you'll hearken unto me. If you'll listen Diligently, with the intent of obeying. I've got honey coming out of that rock. By the grace of God, tonight, we can hearken to his voice. We can hearken to his voice, listening intelligently with the idea that what I'm hearing, I want to apply. Only by the grace of God can we do that. We can't go through a, how could, how could Joseph go through those 13 years by the grace of God? How could Job go through, oh, oh, Job, oh, by the way, this is happened. Oh, Job, by the way, this happened. Oh, Job, by the way, this happened. Boom, boom. How could Job go through all of that by the grace of God? How can we experience honey from a rock? Grace of God. Same grace. His grace is sufficient. Are we willing tonight to say, I am going to submit to the will of God. I'm going to be satisfied in the will of God. And I'm going to recognize that salvation always comes from doing the will of God. And then we might have a rock in our hand and we might think, when is God going to give me honey? That's up to God. That's up to God. His timing is best. His ways are best. By the way, we can hearken unto the voice of God and accept his will. And here's a thought. The effects of that decision go far beyond our lifetime. Many times I think that we get so caught up in uh, what, you know, our lifetime. How about, how about when we're gone? How about when we're in heaven and people are still down here going to church and living, living their life and our family and our church family and so forth. And we're gone. You know, I don't know. Maybe the Lord's not going to come back before I go to heaven or you go to heaven. But I, I, I'd like to make sure that I'd like to make sure that I leave behind that even though God allowed rocks in our life, we were willing to submit to the rocks and say, we're waiting for the honey, Lord. In the meantime, thank you for the rocks. In the meantime, thank you for the. Whatever the rock is for you, I don't know. But in everything, give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Honey, that sounds good. Rocks, nah, doesn't sound good. But God said, if you're going to get honey, you got to have rocks first. Not the way I would do it. Not the way you would do it. Thankfully, it's not the way I would do it or the way you would do it. But it's the way God does it. And here's the deal. He's faithful. He's faithful 